All right, all right, all right. We finally made it. We This is a long time coming. Everybody's been asking me, all right, all right, when are you going to get your cousin Avocado on Wake the Fake Up? Please, for God's sakes, we want to get involved in those conversations. You and I have been doing this since day one. If you didn't know, Avocado David Wolf, you know, we go back since I was eight, nine years young. Five. Five. And sorry to do that to you. My God. Torture, huh? Maybe you were four when I first when I first started hanging out with you. You were probably four. Total you know, berserker with all the kids. Total berserker since day one, and um, it's it's an honor to have you on Wake the Fake Up and to be doing this at your farm in the middle of the jungle, in the middle of the islands, in the middle of the Pacific, surrounded by nothing but mana and glory. How are you, brother? Dude, I'm the best ever. Best day ever? This is the best day ever. What a day. Well, just everything we did today, some beach, farmer's market, durian, had some time in the garden, was able to get my relinias and some meringues up into their big, bigger pots. You know, they're going to go into some key spots in the land. And it's just awesome to have all of that fitted into your day. Some memeing today. So I was doing some meme lording. You are the meme war <laughs> warrior or meme king. Meme lord is good. <laughs> I think that was almost like a perf perfect profession to take on is, you know, just nonstop machine gunning memes to your telegram room, to the world, to every sector or every application of social media, just nonstop different perspectives, different laughter and giving it to them in comedy. I love it. It's like art for me. You know that yeah. it's it's an art piece for me. So every day I'm, it's it's like if I get in a jam, I'm like, oh, I'm being too harmonic right so i back off of that and i get more creative and if as long as i'm in that creative flow it just keeps happening and it's it's a it's a lot of fun and i'm really enjoying it and that's why i stay with it but the main thing that it's all driving towards is is really bringing the education into people's lives of the of the perspectives and awareness that we have and that's really what i think is you've done so well is you've been able to just take a totally different angle bring knowledge of health and well-being it from a perspective that i think is very approachable and it's it's great for kids and you you got a lot of the moms on board early on that was so cool for there's nothing more important it's the most important part of nutrition pregnant mother new child i really appreciate that reflection and a lot of it came from both you and my father probably the two main driving forces into the maturation and the epigenetic change of my evolution is really seeing things from different sides of the ticket, but also coming with compassion and empathy. And, you know, we're, we're in a tricky world right now. People are sensitive, a little bit oversensitive. We're dealing with cancel culture at the highest level. And how do you navigate, you know, this funky reality? Is it is it part of your dharma to bring a little bit of humor and humility to it and just have the best time ever? It, we were born for these times. Yeah. I'm not trying to escape these times. I'm trying to go headlong into it. Well, you're obviously doing that. So we, so you and I always say, this is the greatest mission of all time. And we incarnated here for this mission. You feel that? I'm 100% sure of it. Yep. When the, when the whole thing happened a couple of years ago, three years ago, you know, all that nonsense that went on, I knew 100% this is it. And it's a medical freedom message. It's a nutrition message. It's a health message. It's take, take your own responsibility over your own body yep. message. It's a message of sovereignty. What a deep message that is. It's a message of having the best day ever in spite of all that stuff. You know, it's crazy if we're really right now and we can get into this. I, we're coming out of the Kali Yuga. That's Steiner's perspective. You know that. 
And the first step of that appears to be the way I'm looking at it. It's the apocalypse, which is the apocrypha, which means we're the great reveal. Everything's being revealed. Yeah. And that's the first step out. Right. And then things will get they will get worse and better at the same time. And we're going to progress. But the, the bright side of it is like, geez, even in the middle of this, we're having the best times ever we're hitting highs that are incredible which is part of the alchemy of being able to be sovereign right is that you got to have these lives of hypersynchronicity you got to be doing every day the things that you love to do because when you're not doing it you're in a false identity and then you're choosing to do things to take you out of that identity because you, your soul is begging you for something different interesting you brought up Yuga. so if you don't know what the Yuga is it's an ancient you know uh, i would say uh, time of epoch or a zone of deceit of hyper materialism of war of once you know taking someone else's energy away from them would you say that's a good way of defining it absolutely escapism too yep and it's it's a it's a time where things descended from the, the really high vibrational period that we must have been in as we see from the monuments that were left on the earth yeah i think of some of those vedic temples i'm like my god like the energy, the focus, the concentration to construct these incredible temples, many of which are in ruins, many of which are still on the earth, to construct the pyramid, Sakse Woman, a place that we love, to construct Machu Picchu. Right. Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. I remember being at Sakse Woman with you, which is a little bit above Cusco, if, if, if I'm correct, right? That's right. That's and the monuments above Cusco. The monuments above Cusco. Now, we're looking at you know laser-etched stones that had no business being up there. No modern construction could have ever figured that out. And so wh what I'm thinking is, is that at that time, there had to have been a, a strong level of love and a strong level of discipline all flowing together, which brought out the most incredible technology. We feel that at Machu Picchu. We discussed that the other night where Machu Picchu, it exudes out of the rocks. Like this place is the best ever. How could it be so good here? It's always so good here. How could they have constructed a place with that vibration and everything? Yeah. It's coming out of the water. It's in the rocks. It's coming out of the plants. It's like, what's going on in this place? It's insane. But but that's the opposite of the Kali Yuga, right? When, yeah. we, when we get to the other polar end of it and we're on our way out now, it's going to be like that again. And that's just the cycles of time on earth, Those, and which is the, the Vedics called it the Yugas, the ages. Right. Where, where are you at optimistically? What, where, what's your soul telling you is our situation moving forward? It's the best time ever. Yep. It's also the worst time ever if you're in the wrong state of consciousness or awareness. Right. It's that. And so so your, your, your perceptions, your reality, your reality is your belief. And that's how you look at everything. It, absolutely. So attitude determines aptitude. And if you're in the right attitude about everything and you see what's really going on, this is very likely the greatest time to ever be alive in so many ways. The way that we just, for example, I can farm in Texas. I can farm in Ontario. I can farm in California. I can farm in Hawaii. I can take my favorite plants in this ecosystem right here and grow them and have been growing them here for 20 years. Growing food, what does that do to you? What, is, what does that prepare you for? What is that? What, what connections in your soul does that create? Because we can go into Steiner's work. We can go into biodynamics. I've talked about it. I was it. just thinking about biodynamics. Right. I mean, biodynamics, everyone thinks, okay, oh, it's a little bit higher standard than organic, but it's actually was, was cultivated to create the embodiment through the steward as opposed to the end product of having mineralized food. It was actually creating man's relationship to the soil, man's relationship to determination, man's relationship to creating sovereignty. You feel me on that? Absolutely. There's something so amazing about planting on your own farm. There's also something incredibly amazing about planting into the wild landscape. Right. 
and becoming part of the way that nature wants its trees and plants and its ecosystems developed. That's a big, I, I think that way. I think that way all the time. I'm a renegade planter. I like chaos farming. Yeah. That's I, what we used to call it. Which chaos is, farming. Which is what I'm staring at right here. We're This is chaos farming in the sense, but it's controlled chaos, right? And you've taken your time to understand how nature speaks to you. You know what tree is going to do good here. You know what kind of you know food and medicine that cacao tree needs. You know what the planting directions are. You know how the wind works here. You understand how the rain moves here and how the soil works. That Was that an art? Was that Did that take a lot of practice? It's a learned process, right? So you come into an ecosystem like this and we didn't know what we were doing. We're like, whoa, this is after like a year, we're like, this is clay. We're planting into clay. So immediately my brain goes, what's the opposite of clay? Sand, the mystical union of opposites. So what I'm, what I'm doing to make this soil better all around this whole property, everywhere on this property, is I'm bringing sand from the beach up here and then we mix that into the soils. And we've sprouted, I've sprouted thousands of trees in beach sand. This whole thing that people say you can't use beet sand or, I, I mean, I was just with my meringues and relinias down there uh, uh, bringing them into bigger pots uh, and, and the the soil medium of those little little they were in the little squares was all clay and sand it was clustered just, clay and sand it was yeah so amazing yeah that's almost like hydroponics in a way right it is yeah exactly it's right. the sand is like vermiculite that's right and from there you know you you allow the roots to get to be able to do whatever it wants to do and pull the nutrition out properly right, right? it has space it has space it creates structure Okay, so we're, we're again, I, I can't stop telling you what it means to me to be able to do this right here in the middle of the jungle because we're, we're actually like in a tree house right here sticking out in the middle of the jungle. And uh, it, this takes me back or it makes me remember who I am and it takes me into the, the child energy. And Steiner said something interesting. He said, you know, the moment that man forgets his inner child is the moment where he starts to decay. And I've noticed this about you. Whenever you and I are together, it is the best time ever. I'm not kidding, which is why you've almost become like a pseudo drug for me in a sense, because I forget about a lot of the real world shit. I forget a lot of, about the aramonic stuff and it and it allows me to just drop into being a child again and seeing things as an opportunity to always have fun. And, and, and with fun, what do you get? You get learning, you get culture, you get connection, and you get different forms of theoretical perspectives that allow you to have these kinds of conversations. And that's something that you and I have been doing since day one. It, it's just creativity. It, yeah, cre I think creativity summarizes a lot of what you just said. Right. And, and if you're not in that, you're, you, you, you're troubled. I, I, it troubles me to see it. I mean, I'm just like, God, these people are suffering and I don't know what else to do about it. Just like show them the way, just like get your hands back on the earth, get your shoes off, get back on the land, start planting things, figure it out as you go. I didn't know I was, I was always a tree planter all my life, but I didn't know that that was really my thing. I've tried gardening. I've tried planting beets and carrots and I can do that, but that's not what I'm into. That's not my thing. I'm a tree person. <laughs> right. You, you wouldn't know that unless you tried. You got to try. Some people are great at kombuchas. Some people are great at juns. They're great at growing bacteria and have a sense of it and have a, have a ability for it. That's right. Everyone has a specific skill set that's primed from their primordial goo. Right. But they wouldn't know it if they don't try it. I, I think that's a very fascinating perspective because I know people that are straight up mycologists, but you can't get them in a garden. Right. It's their, that level of intricacy is what gets sets their soul on fire. And by their their, their soul being on fire, they're going to investigate. They're going to get better at their craft. I in my belief system, 
is that we are in a fringe economic world where we've been displaced from building things, from not being part of the the built society. And there's so much capitalism. There's so much- You know much, where I'm going with this. Of course. There's so much revenue being made for doing absolutely nothing. And that's created the, ch the, the child to forget about the development skills and to go directly to where the money is. And those are usually in false, false, you know, provocations, right? So, so, so David's wiggling his fingers right now. Why don't you elaborate a little bit on what you're feeling here? Rudolf Steiner had this thing that the human being has to make things with their hands, That's has right. to use your hands to dig into soil, to plant things, to make wood objects, to carve things, to uh, you know, work with some substance, bees, for example. It, this is a really important part of the human experience. And when we get into, say, a phone or we get into the digital world, then our hands are no longer being used in the creative ways that they're supposed to be used to fashion and create ceramics, for example. And by the way, those simple things that have always been with us in human history, making ceramics, digging holes for trees, carpentry, carpentry. Yep. It, everybody out there has that skill or one of those skills. Yeah. Everybody. That's right. You just have to try them all out and you go, oh, I'm really good at this. That's, That's part right. of it. Some people are really good chefs and they bring it all together beautifully. There is some there is some actual science behind or some data behind that building things with your hand, even later in life, you can start building synapses, bridges of consciousness, neuroplasticity, and ultimately raising your IQ. That makes total sense, right? We know what the left brain connection is. We understand that. And the more sedentary you are and all of these things, the more you're losing those faculties. And those faculties will start dropping as you get older and older and older, and then you start leading towards disease. Disease is a combination of not being in your movement, being sedentary, and that becomes sedentary in the mind. And I think that brings up something very important. And you and I have talked about this many times. Steiner would, you know, Steiner put it, I'm paraphrasing, but disease begins in the mind. Do you agree with that? I've never seen a case where somebody had a condition where it wasn't in their mind. Right. I've never seen one case ever in my whole life. And I've been in the health field for 30 years. Right. That's a crazy statement. It's always mental. I found also with fasting, cleansing, detoxification, it's 100% mental. Right. It's incredible. If you just set your your mind, you're going to, I'm going to do this and you do it. It's all mental. What you're not doing every single day, you're choosing, right? And so that's a mental affliction. Now, I'm not talking about someone that's been stricken with some non-Hodgkin's lymphoma or some kind of rare genetic diseases. These are part of the, the, the reality that we're in. But we're talking about a big majority of the population that are not making choices that they know deep down inside is going to burn them in the long run, maybe even in the short run, right? Maybe you're not drinking clean water. Maybe you're eating too much fast food. Maybe you're addicted to TV. Maybe you're addicted to porn. Maybe you're addicted to fighting with your partner. Maybe you're addicted to the job that you hate. All of those things are mental aberrations that people have been, you know, basically succumb to the fear of not of losing those things, right? And that, in my opinion, is one of the the, the key uh, contributors to pain, frustration, and all the shit that we're dealing with today in this world. One of the ways that people get, get there is because they haven't charted their course, so they haven't goal set. They haven't set down what they're gonna do every day. They don't make lists 
of the tasks that why? need to get done. Why? Because they weren't cha- taught this as a child? That's right. Yeah, it, that's it exactly wasn't, right. That faculty wasn't built as a child. We, we are obviously, I think both of us, super big advocates of great education, especially homeschooling, because a lot of what you learn in school isn't useful. Yep. It's got to be, all, everything's got to be useful. Force curriculums, memorization of some God forget thing. What's the that, capital of well, Idaho? Yeah. It's like, crazy. Who, who cares? Yeah. How, how would you create a school? What, what would you do? What would be the principles uh, that you would teach your three, four, or five-year-old? Well, I have been teaching in schools now in Texas. That's been fun. And one of the things I do is we make it very multidisciplinary in the sense of like, hey, for these two hours, we're going to plant these trees. For this hour, we're going to talk about freedom and what that really means. For this hour, we're going to make a smoothie. And we just fit that all in. And that's exactly how you deal with kids because you can't keep a kid on the, let's go plant fig trees for eight hours. That's insane. Right. So we just keep changing it to things that are useful that they can immediately act on. Now, one of the things that happened when we, when I did my last class with the kids, and those were kids like maybe five to 16, that whole stretch. One of the things we did was we started out with business education. And the the whole, like, and I told him the first two rules of business. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, if you're tempted, check rule one. Oh, interesting. I like that. Fallback plans, switchback plans, and maybe actually thinking out, out of non-impulse, but thinking rationally uh-huh. in that area, right? Te- if you're tempted, you're like, oh, maybe we could do it. Nope, don't do it. The, the, and, you know, these are like five-year-olds getting that education. And I'm like making them say it back to me. What's the first rule of business? Never lose money. What's the second rule of business? If you're tempted, check rule one, number one. That's you know, really interesting. When your six-year-old says that, it's like, okay, because the financial realities, these harmonic realities of our environment, they're important and we have to master them. And we can be educated when we're young and get that education. And then it's just part of us. One of the key of, of all, one of the keys of all this, of course, is goal setting. Absolutely. You've, you've got to set down where you're going or is the what I've learned 38 years I've been goal setting. What I've learned is that when you're writing your goals down, you're writing the story of your life. Mm, I love that. That's what it is. And yeah. and just the alchemy of of putting that on another, you know, another form of consciousness or or almost like when you transcribe, you're putting something in the alternate reality. It's almost like inception, right? It's going to live there, right? And, and not here. And not here. Yeah, it's living there. So then you have that as a perspective and you, and it's keeping you honest, right? Which is why it's good to have your favorite quotes surrounding you all the time to remember, right? We're creatures of habit. We're impulsor. We're impulsive, right? We have to have this these things beating into us. What, what's the old saying? Chop wood, carry water. You become enlightened. What do you do the next day? Chop wood and carry water. Right. So we're constantly in that exercise and we're always a student. Do you think, do you feel, do you know that you're always a student? Because I can tell you as your brother, you're one of the greatest students I've ever been around. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I've, I've, my friend Howard says that about me as well. And it, I, it's because I do read and I do study and I will dig in and I will actually do it. Uh, like recently I read the entire story of the Comanches, the, the native people of Texas, essentially. You've been going berserk been on going this, by the way. When you got this. to my house the, the last week, you, did you like, oh, did you, know, did you know this? Did you know this? And I felt your excitement. Who's doing that out there? You know, like, it, it, well, it's amazing to me how many people could be super inspired by reading, but they're not reading. I know. 
God, that really is like, whoa. I, I don't watch movies. I don't have time to watch movies. I'm in books. I'm trying to find out like, hey, who is Quanta Parker, the great Apache or the great Comanche? Who are the Apaches? How are the Comanches and the Apaches related? And what was their relationship like? How come the Spanish were never able to make it north of the Rio Grande River? And That's really interesting. The, and the reason is the Apaches on one side and the Comanches on the other. They're like, you're not going nowhere. And they, they were just too effective as mounted guerrilla warriors. In fact, probably the greatest light mounted light infantry in history of anybody, even the Spartans, anybody in history, I would say is so the not Comanches. only so not only in their era, but overall, overall. Based, on, based on the observation that you have. Yes, in history. So so by learning that what does that do to you? It made me really interested in horses. Okay. Because that's what did it for them. So you remember all native people of North America were on, they were on foot. Right. There was no horse. Right. So the Spanish set up a colony finally in Santa Fe. They finally got that far north. Yep. And that, that became. What year were, are we talking about? This is 15. 15 something. Yep. Yeah. 1564. Okay. Just right off the top of my head. And then eventually about, about 1670, somewhere in there is when we believe the Apaches and the Comanches got horses. Wow. And, and that, that changed their entire civilization, right? Everything. Yeah. From that point on, for the, and they got it through the Pueblo Indians and the and the Spanish there in, in Santa Fe. From that point on, for whatever reason, the Comanches became horse whisperers. They took to that animal really well. On a mystic level. On a mystic level. They became one with that animal. Wow. And that completely transformed the fate of North America. And it, it, it's a really important part of the story of when you're traveling through the Four Corners region of... Uh, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado, and Utah, one of the things that you see is wild horses. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the last few places in North America where there are wild horses. And they're almost like, you know, they're they're wisdom keepers and they're holding it down. So by, by, by learning that and understanding that, how is that helping you navigate your reality? Does it it's, mean that you want to get horses now, or is it way more in depth? It's well, it's it's deeper. For example, like I'm I'm like I know the Comanche wood that they use to make their bows and arrows. That's a really important knowledge to have. If civilization broke down or technology broke down and we went several generations down, I need to make sure that information is somewhere in people's minds so that they know what to do down the road, say a generation, five generations, ten generations, if that ever happened. And, and, and that's how I think. And so, uh, you know, I'm. I'm looking in this book, I'm reading, I'm like, okay, I can't wait till they talk about the Osage Orange or, you know, the name for it was the, you know, Hedge Apple. Another name for it is Maclura Pomifera. And they had, the Comanches had their own name for it, but they would look for a particular type of piece and it was the best wood. And another thing about this wood is, is it's incredibly rich in yellow pigments, which, you know, yellow pigments are very you're doing a whole thing on nobleton right now, yeah, nobleton. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've done a whole thing on quercetin over the years, and these yellow pigments that are you know like rutin and and related bioflavonoids, they there's something that. Wilhelm Reich said about them. See, that's another book suddenly that I was reading right before that suddenly came in and attached itself to the knowledge that I'm getting from this book. What did, that's what, what the did magic. Wilhelm Reich say he, about that? He said that yellow substances attract ver are very rich in bions. Interesting. Okay, so bions is where the orgone energy moves into. So bions are are like they're seeds of life force energy. And if you put the orgone energy into that environment where's the yellow pigments, it sparks life. It sparks which lowers oxidative stress, which lowers inflammation, which lowers stagnation, which is the root cause of most diseases, right? That's fascinating right now because most bioflavonoids like noble Latin, like 
polymethoxylated tangerine, like those compounds right there, quercetin, things like that. They are known for basically, you know, you hear the word antioxidant, but it's so much more. It's, it's, it's a bridge to communication and it's actually bringing outside life force into an equation and allowing circuitry to start working again. Yes. And so the, what blinks that kind of stuff together for me, instead of getting super top heavy, let's say on the, let's say on the quercetin nobletin scientific research, which I'll read and you'll read and we dig into that stuff. I also bring in other perspectives from, from different disciplines. So Wilhelm Reich is coming from a completely different direction than say the average university researcher of noble Latin. Sure. Absolutely. So, so, so not just an allopathic perspective of what the clinical data shows versus, you know, doing X, Y, Z, but on a, I wouldn't call it spiritual, but on an earthly level. Yeah. Maybe right? fundamental, in, fundamental insights into yellow pigments. And that's a big one, by the way. And blue pigments are another big one. And red pigments, I mean, they're, when we look into nature, these pigments right here, these are anthocyanin pigments when I look into this. Yeah, those we're, are, we're, we got a cacao here that was you know, grown here on the farm. And we're looking at this you know, magenta, the red, the pinks, the oranges. All these colors have a reason. Yes. And the color is actually, it's how our brain is processing light refracting onto this. At the end of the day, that's what that is. We're interpreting that, right? You wrote a book on colors. Yes, I haven't published it yet. I will eventually publish it. But you can see right here that look at what the color is telling us. It's telling us it's about blood. The yellow is telling us the bions, right? And the orange is the anti-inflammatory energies in action. That's right. So right there, and you're seeing also the the, it's like spilled chocolate on here yeah it's like chocolate sauce you see those those things that I are do. splashed on there yep and this so has a purpose it's telling us the whole story of chocolate there if we really pay attention that's it's it. good for your heart it's red tell me about bions bions are the they're like i would relate them to root or to uh victor schauberger's concept of fructogens okay okay so they're 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 pre-prepared energy seeds okay that's got it. it and so do they spark action when they're hit with orgone energy or when there's certain forces for example like when you have like in our body right yeah like for example if let's say we wanted to build up fructogenic power like one thing that has high amount of fructogenic power is charcoal Right. Charcoal is a crazy amount of sequestered carbon, yep. right? And electrons just packed in. Packed in, exactly. And so it has a very powerful anti-charge against, say, oxygen or ozone. Sure. One's really negatively charged and one's extremely positively charged. And when they come together, there's a pop. Right. And so that tells me, it's like, oh, yeah, that's rich in bions. And you wouldn't think they think, oh, charcoal is some dead material. That's another thing, by the way, that I love including in soils. That's one of my favorite things. That's an incredible part of the discoveries for me over the last 10 years, biochar. Well, it's a, it's a staple to our reality. Yes. Right. It's just it's part of the it's part of the main alchemies of, of nature, a, of human being, too, human being, of a human being and our atmosphere and our earth. Right. So we're talking about activated charcoal. You've been a, a massive berserker and proponent of activated charcoal since day one. 
I mean, to the levels where, you know, you were, we're both taking charcoal two, three times a day, you know, and consistently taking it. And most people that think charcoal, they think it's absorbing things in the, in the body and because it's porous and it has these materials and it acts like a sponge. But if you actually get down to the specific scientific literature and understanding charcoal and in, in its essence, it's adsorbing. It's not absorbing. You want to explain that a little bit? Right. It's actually not a sponge. Right. It's some kind of electromagnetic phenomenon that's going. So things that are really strongly positively charged in your system. Like mold, parasites, bacteria, heavy metals, metabolic waste. Oxidants. Oxidants. Those are all oxidants. Yeah, like iron rusting. And right? so it, the charcoal knows, and it's able to neutralize by adsorption with a D, not a B. Right. And so what it's like, it's like a magnet sticking to a refrigerator. And charcoal can stick a lot of magnets on that refrigerator, meaning that there can be a lot of toxins that can be attracted 100 to 200 times its weight in toxins that can be attracted onto the charcoal, which we're calling the refrigerator, right? That's right. It pulls everything into itself. The way that that works, there's Van der Waals forces, there's pie stacking, there's things of that nature that have been put out in the scientific literature. But actually, none of that explains how charcoal works because charcoal can work at a very far distance that pie stacking and van der waals forces cannot work van der waals actually gets dismissed when you look at the distance of what charcoal very can do, quickly which right. which very quickly very quickly which is a very interesting subject we could probably do 12 hours of that alone just breaking that down and with diagrams yeah. um you you came up with an interesting quote that i i, I you know i've been parroting it to so many people that in today's 21st century and this our ammonic realm that we find ourselves in that detoxification is more important than nutrition why don't we break that down i think i think on you know first time you hear that it's kind of like wait what what, what are you talking about and obviously with the proper nutrition you're going to displace things in the body and you're going to build resilience and things like that but a lot of a lot of people aren't in you know the jungles of an island right now they're exposed to dirty electricity they're exposed to pollutants they're just they're exposed to things they're spraying in the sky the water is dirty the food's filled with pesticides herbicide fungicides larvicide insecticides how do i do on that one and suicide and suicide (laughs) glyphosate all these you know gnarly chemicals and it your mom might have an amalgam and, and give birth to you i can go on and on and on this it is hectic right yeah why is that why detoxification is more important than nutrition? Yes, it's that's a big part of why it's because the age that we live in, yep. our age is defined by toxicity, yep. mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical toxicity. Absolutely, it's, defined, it's this is part of that Kali Yuga end, right? right? It's just you know all that stuff gets crumbled together, and you know then we get the future, you know, out of all that. We have to sprout out of all that. We have to sprout healthfully out of all that. All that's easily possible, but it's not really possible without understanding detoxification and cleansing it isn't it's not possible that we're going to get very far into the future unless this comes to the front and center of the conversation so what i've been doing is leading big group cleanses online where we really get into it, and i've been doing them all myself and i'll just tell you something interesting that's been happening and just give a perspective on how why it's important the best food for you by far is your own fat Say that one more time. The best food for you by far is your own fat. So I'm thinking you are talking about autophagy and uh-huh. fasting. Uh-huh. Okay. We didn't plan this. Yeah. So what happens is eventually your body's going to go, oh, we're in autophagy. We're fasting. We haven't eaten, say, let's just say we're at Comanche. We're living on the plains. We haven't had food in a couple of days. What ends up happening is your body will eat up your own fat. So your body learns how to store that energy and then utilize that energy. And that is, bo- it's stored and created by you absolutely not that, someone else not you. by you that by means you. that means that uh your body l- knows how to use it 
uh, to the best of its ability, uh-huh. right? It's almost like I forgot what was the term when we were putting uh, a, we're putting a coating on something. Remember, we were doing this before. Um, you know, it'll, it'll come back to okay. me. But when you when you can imprint something onto someone, so your body so your body recognizes it. So there's no histamine, right? There's no speed bump. I forgot the term for it. They'll come back. So so this is interesting. So your fat is the most utilized energy source possible for, for a human for a human being that, and for that individual. That's the super sensible perspective. Correct. Absolutely. So that, here's the problem with that though, is that people are toxic and the toxins are stored in their fat. That's and they've right. grown up in a toxic environment. So what we're doing is we're just basically squeezing the tissue, wringing the tissue out, washing the tissue, getting lots of water in, right? Going to a liquid diet, then to going to a water diet, flushing the tissue out, getting hydrated, squeezing the tissue out, doing the yoga, the exercise, and all the things that has to happen as you know, the colonics and the animus. Lymphatic massage. Lymphatic massage. Movement. And movement. And make that all part of the cleansing process and then try to go through that once a year. And yep. then eventually get good enough. Yeah, you know, I'll try twice a year. And then I do four a year. And I the other uh, about six months ago, I had um, the fat removed out of the sides of my my um, waist right here for a stem cell um, analysis. And the and he, I saw it. I saw my fat. And it and I was like, uh, and the doctor's like, that's healthy fat. And I and I could see. I saw the effect of all of the cleansing and fasting. There, I saw it. There it was. The I could con- see it. The confirmation. It's powerful it, because, yeah. you know, people's tissue and their fat has basically become black. Yeah. I've, seen, I've actually seen that in um in, in a book. I forgot what that it book was. Polluted. It looks like tar. It. Yeah, it looks like tar. Yeah, it looks like tar. tar. It looks polluted. Yep. And to see my fat was like, it was juicy and white and, and you know, it, was, it had a really, I was like, whoa, that's it. Red, you know, had blood in it. And uh, it was just interesting to see that. And I was like, okay, it's working. And each person, see, then, then I'll put, see, now the fat I have on my body is made out of durian. It's made out of avocados. It's from this environment. It's healthy fat. So when I fast now, I, that's the best thing for me by far. There's nothing better for my body type, the type of metabolism I have. When I get six, seven, eight days into a water fast, I'm at my absolute peak of health and brain power and everything. It's amazing. You know, fasting has been tried and tested with every culture. I mean, every faith, everything since day one. And I forgot what philosophers said it, but it said, let, you know, let no food be thy medicine, right? And most animals in nature, they break a leg, they get sick, they get whatever. What do they do? They could cr- crawl in a hole and they don't eat. Hide, be quiet, don't eat, sleep. That's right. Rejuvenate, autophagy, recreate, let the body digest things that don't belong in the body, self-cannibalize. And so we're in a crazy world where, you know, not only are people not living agrarian and growing their own food and utilizing the power of Ormus technology and mineralization and soils, but we're not even going and walking and getting our food anymore. We're now in a world where you get on your little radioactive device, press a button, and someone (laughs) goes and buys fast food for you and drops it off at your front door. And maybe someone walks up to the door and grabs it for you and brings it to your table. (laughs) Okay. It's it's insane. That's insane. And and we're we're in that heavy right now. And it's almost become cool. And it makes me anxious and it makes me nervous. And I feel empathy for so many people. And I actually feel for everybody's ancestors that killed themselves to get us here. And this is how we're repaying all their hard work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's something to that. Yep. And, I get, and get your point. Yeah. And when you're on a vibration that's so 
disrespectful to our past, something's got to correct itself. It will. You, you, fo- you follow what I'm saying? Will, yes, I, I do feel what I do follow what you're saying, and, yep. and a correction is coming. So we were all just to put a, this into a context, and you know, so that people understand our perspective on this. We were all kind of brainwashed with the science fiction stuff. Where we thought, oh, we're going to be on ships. We're going to be. This is going to be our future, and all this technology cars. Is, is going to advance the human race, and all the technology is going to improve the human condition. But eventually, we found out that all of those assumptions were wrong, diabolically wrong, if I might add. Yeah, and dangerously wrong. Well, I mean, it was convenience was sold to us. Yep, and so was protection, which, in my opinion, are the two biggest trojan horses to the demise of our faculties that's a great that's a great summary that's a great way of saying it yeah and we're seeing now that trojan horse ripping out of the horse and now seated into the minds and hearts and souls of men and women and now we're at a stage in our current construct and our current reality where people are dying for help and only understand receiving help from an outside agency. And this reverts back to sovereignty. And this reverts back to disease and frustration and and discipline and discipline discipline because the way out of this is discipline, which means I'm putting my phone down for two hours and I'm going for a walk over there and I will not be back for two hours. I'm not touching any device. I'm not having any electronic around me. I'm going to go out and actually pick all that food that's in my backyard or in the neighborhood or in the canyons behind my house. We used to do that a lot. In, uh, that's in, all we used to do. Right. That was in Hillcrest and in, in North Park. That's what I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah. And I used to know where all the fruit trees were there when I lived in the, in Linda Vista in yep. San Diego. Yep. And uh, we'd hit that on every Tuesday night. We'd go get boxes of food for free out of the neighborhoods. That's a totally different way than going to a store and buying stuff or internet delivery. You know, that's a totally different thing. There's f- there's resources around you. Go go out and get them. Other things like that that I think are important is that we have to be disciplined, for example, so that we're not too much into one type of computer mission. Yes, because it's so linear. Yep. And it shuts it shuts down our creativity and it makes us complacent. And it literally demorphs or lower epigenetically morphs us into a lower level vibration and a lower level of thinking. And at that point, what happens? You wipe out your empathy. But keep going. So, you know, you and I have come to the understanding of Rudolf Steiner. And and so I want to just get into that a little bit. For people who don't know, Rudolf Steiner left behind a million pages of material. That's 50 to 60 pages every day from age 15 to 65 for 50 years straight. Think about that for a second. And we're not talking about regurgitated drivel or some weird abstract thought. We're we're talking about super sensible knowledge that is so specific and so utilized in every action and every system of our conscious and subconscious reality. The Like the other day, we were talking about just one aspect of Rudolf Steiner, which is on philosophy. Remember what I said when we were talking about that? Rudolf's Rudolf Steiner's book, The Riddles of Philosophy, from a person, me, who went through years, I think since seventh grade until my fifth year at university, I I did philosophy every single year. I went through Kant and Schopenhauer and Nietzsche, and I I went through, um, who is the great, Thomas Aquinas and Plato Plato. and Aristotle. I went through all of them. And when I started reading Rudolf Steiner's book, The Riddles of Philosophy, his mastery of the knowledge of Western philosophy 
rattled me. I get chills even thinking about it. It rattled me. I was like, how could he know all this? Interesting. Just that subject. Yeah, just that. And that's just one that. That's one of hundreds, if not thousands, of, of specific sub subjects. Of specific subjects. So he's able to go into Western philosophy, which is basically the, the difference between Western and Eastern. Eastern's more of a, a connection to the divine light, a connection to the universe. It's a it's 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 not your own doing it's the it's connecting to the world's doing and, and those types of energies whereas western philosophy is you know stepping forward in your ego and creating right it's and the willpower will power. and will, it's the yeah. will that's yeah. why personally i'm much more interested in western philosophy but i love the Tao of eastern philosophy which is the holy flow the force you know the, the forces of nature working with those forces of nature but the thing that makes a human being so amazing is the ability to create and the ability to influence our environment and the ability to build say, and manifest yeah all those the, things, the will right? to power that's yeah. fascinating and of all philosophies that combine those two forces together i'd say steiner's does it the best and so i wanted to get into because that this precipitated this whole angle on steiner the luciferic and aramonic forces which out of all of that stuff and finally getting to rudolf steiner after reading thousands of books finally comes this teaching in his own writings that i never really got i came at it ass backwards i didn't know what i was getting sure. into i didn't know who, who who is this guy and eventually worked my way into the mystery of Rudolf Steiner's discoveries and insights, but the key teaching is this idea that it's not a duality and it's not a nothing. So some people will only say it's like, oh, it's just positivity, 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 but that doesn't give you context. It's not a duality either. There's no duality like good and evil. That's not true either. Let, let's let's pause this because I want to give people kind of an equation here or kind okay. of a, a, per, a perspective here because this is, this is probably one of the most fundamental, important conversations that you and I can talk about. And it seems to be what has captured you and I's main conversation points over the last four or five years right for for a number of reasons number one it's got darkness to it there's shadows involved number two it parallels extremely well with our current state of reality number three there's persian roots to this that connect to our bloodlines which is very fascinating for me and number four out of anything that i've ever heard in terms of the landscape of our cosmogenesis or the good and evil this actually makes the most sense to me and it's so crystal clear so i remember you brought this to me Probably 2015 was probably the first time that I had a grasp of this. I, I knew who Ahriman was because my dad taught me who Ahriman was because he was the antithesis to Ahura Mazda, which is the Christ figure in Zoroastrianism, which is the ancient faith of Iran or modern day Iran and Persia, which I have tattooed all over my body and something that holds really dear to me. And so let's 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 create the balance and the system this is a very very important part of anything that you and i can do and you and i are actually working on a book together yes to bring this into a modern perspective of the 21st century which is actually very easy to do because it, it's given it it's given plight to everything steiner because put truths together. are simple truths are simple so so let's let's um i'm gonna i'm gonna toss it over to you. I'll jump in back and forth. My audience has been um, brought together with this concept. I've shared it with them many times. Oh, I, cool. I, I talk about it a lot. Okay, so I would awesome. say a majority of people that know me are going to know the basic concepts to this, but which is interesting enough, you and I are learning more and more it's, every single minute. And and we'll, we'll probably get to that maybe on another conversation, but we might, it might happen right now. Let's, let's start it off again. 
with good and evil. Okay, so I think it comes down to the the cosmology of it all, where the forces that are aramonic, that are materialistic, that tend towards algorithmic concepts and an algorithmic understanding of reality, like the government, the, the, or the just the forces that generate a leaf. Correct. The, the physical forces. The physical forces that are at work here. The structure. Are structural. Yes, they're, they're structural. Are, so Bionic. Steiner gets into the whole origin of that aramonic force from that perspective. When in the development of the Earth, the aramonic force came in, and it was early, before the other forces. It had to, it had to be there. Because of structure. Yeah. Would you say your skeleton is aramonic? Absolutely, 100%. All right. And the, and the, um, the mineral calcium, which comes from the Earth, which makes up the hard matter of our skeleton is aramonic yes okay let's keep going yep okay so then comes the idea that oh i want to say one last thing we're positioning this so you have an illustration to see and experience this without putting any other thought to it we don't want you to be scared of something this isn't some slithering demon that's running around (laughs) this is you know these these are forces that are part of this construct. It, it's 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 non-binary. It's it, it's neither here nor there. It's just it's just part of the evolution of what we were in. It's it's allows you to comprehend nature differently. There that's you go. what it is, and that's ultimately what philosophies are about. You're comprehending re- your reality differently. This tool that Rudolf Steiner gave us helps has and has helped me and you to understand reality differently and to give us perspectives where we go, look at that. He even used that word. Whoa. Absolutely. Like, like, for example, I'm thinking of the word algorithm. Yes. And when I heard Yoel Harari say the word human is an algorithm and you hackable animals, literally Steiner said algorithm. Yeah. Literally said, watch for that language. Yep. Because the algorithmic concept, everything's running on algorithms is aramonic. Very aramonic. That means, you know, basically you can uh, you can almost predict it. Uh-huh. Right. And by being able to predict it, that means that we're material. Right. right. And so Araman or Ahriman, right, is an impulse. It's a composition. It's a it's a part. It's a fragment. It's a force of nature. It's a force of nature. It's a force of nature. And it's identified as materialism. And, and Yes. And it's part of the construct of being here. And there's no way you could be in a physical body if there wasn't a force of physicality, which is the Aramonic force. Now, on the other side of that coin is Lucifer. And that right? comes later. That comes later in the Earth's uh, development. The harmonic force created the material structural rock of the earth. And then then comes the Lucifer impulse, a shooting star, a fallen star, a false light. False light. That then also becomes intrinsic to the development of the world in terms of the importance of disintegration. Interesting that we are uh, we're not of this world. And our soul is of, is of some, somewhere else. In that context, too. But in another context is we can't just have rocks. Yeah, there has to they, be nothingness, too. There's, there has to be stuff that breaks it all down. Interesting. Okay. okay. So, so so the Luciferic co- complex could be the, the, the energy that takes structure and removes it. You're right. It disintegrates it. It disintegrates it. So fire is Luciferic. It's a false light. It's not the sun. Right. Right. So this is also the relationship between Prometheus and the concept of Lucifer that Steiner gives us. That's right. And so when we say aramonic entities or Luciferic entities, we're talking really specifically about Steiner's perspective for anyone listening out there. You know, sometimes you might hear aramonic entities. What are they talking about? It's really in the context of how Steiner uses those terms. We can get deeper into that as we go. But it's essentially these two forces, one of materialism, one of escapism and disintegration that that 
they bound us on two sides. So the human enterprise is walking a tightrope with these two forces, strange attractors, black holes that can pull you in on one side. Drug addiction, for example, that's luciferic. People get pulled into the escapism. So alcoholism, anything that takes you out of your body and puts you into another state of reality, that's luciferic. Yep, exactly. Yep. And then, well, we got to just make money. We got to balance a checkbook. We're going to work on Wall Street. We're going to we're going to analyze the numbers. We're go, we're going to you know make sure that that our algorithm is the right algorithm. Correct. And we're going to have the biggest house on the top of the hill so everyone uh -huh. can see. That's the our most harmonic. material, most material, right? And, and creating you know it's almost like a scarcity, right? Like you have to get it, you have to get it, and that's that greed. Right. So these these but, and, forces, but, but it's also devoid of spirituality where no, there's you, no spirit there's, involved. There. There's no spiritual spirituality involved. That's some hippies. What are you talking about? Right. You they know. can't look outside of what can be weighed or measured or have some type of scientific relevancy, which is a Thank whole you. nother angle it's, to this. It's really scientific has right? become which, science, which is supposed to be science, which is now the new forced aramonic dogma. Right. You like that's that right. one? Yes. Yes, so, correct. Look, we're we're free we're free balling right now. <laughs> you like that free balling? We're free flowing and having uh, an introspective conversation that these thoughts are coming up organically with us. And that's why it's good to have someone to communicate with. So you can have so you can go back and forth and go down these pathways. And and what and the concepts we're talking about, they're really about our inner consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's something I want you guys to to close your eyes and just think about. The Luciferic impulse and the Aramonic impulse is man man's consciousness within. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. Those forces are within you. Those forces are within because you. Because you're part of this earth and you were born into this reality. And now the, the importance of this is, is that how do we allay those forces? How do we keep get from getting pulled into those? And that's where Steiner gets into the Christ consciousness, the cosmic Christ, but m most Easily, that's understood as the creative impulse. That's right. So if you're creating- The grounded creative impulse. It's that is you automatically push those forces away when you're creating. Right. So when you're gardening and you're gardening, you're using your hands, you're putting together steps and preparations to create food, but you're also in a beautiful meditation and thanking God for the opportunity. That is a Christ and, impulse. And, notice, and noticing just the incredible mystery of reality and the incredible beauty of a leaf or a flower or just how this plant will develop from this little tiny thing <laughs> to a, you know something like that jackfruit back we're, there, which is a monster. I mean, the thing's a monster over there. I mean, we're looking at a tree right now that you planted as a seed in you know, 12, This Yopo 13, tree. This Yopo it's tree. Coming, it's, coming to, it's coming to me. Watch, because this is my seat, right? So it's coming. It's going to lean and it's going to get all the way to my hand right right here i guarantee you i feel Watch. no you i mean feel that that so you that, can see it that right there that's a creative force uh-huh right that's not our harmonic that's your ability your ability to actually it's immortal it's immortal but you can actually groundedly conceptualize that you guys feel what i just said right there you can actually conceptualize without it being an illusion you can take it in it's you can, not it's, an illusion. It's not, it's not a illusion. fantasy. It's not a fantasy. Luciferic forces, by the way, everybody, they're into fantasy. They're into fantasy. They're into things that are irrelevant and are just somebody else's made up story. That tree's not a fantasy. That's, there it is right there. Look at the incredible geometry of it. Yeah, the way that. it drops its pods in, in those spirals, right? You can see that. They're like, I'll, I'll just say it. That's a DMT tree. It is. Right? Dimethyltryptamine. That's a trippy tryptamine tree. And it has the cosmic you know 
I would say visualization of it, which makes it what it is. That's you cannot say that that's random. No. Right. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. And, and being able to internalize that is our, is our Christ impulse. That's the Christ impulse. Exactly. Right. You're beholding and, and internalizing the beauty and the creativity of nature as you're creating. Absolutely. That that's the greatest high there is. That's, that's what it's all about. I think that's my personal feeling. You know, it's fascinating because this is just the beginning stages of this conversation. How come do you think this part of Steiner's work is often the most neglected it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I come across so many, you know, anthroposophists. Um, I look at a lot of the Waldorf, you know, teachings and stuff like that. This whole thing is completely left. It's missing out completely. Yeah. And it's, I get how that happened because it happened to me because I read Steiner for years and I was like, Lucifer, demons. Okay. What's he talking about? And, you know, then I'd go past that and get into other stuff. I, then one day I got one of one of his books and there he says on the first page in the first paragraph, the most important message I have is this. This is why I was came to the earth. And he lays out the whole thing of the, of we're walking a tightrope between Lucifer and Armand. Now, by the way, Armand and Lucifer want us in a constant exchange and then we of want extremes to, of extremes. That's, a, that's, that's from something escaping from escaping. To hyper-materialism. To you hold on. Yep. Back and forth. One actually provokes the other, right? Would you say that's a good way of saying it? Definitely. And then the the other um, you know, validates the other by stepping into it fully. So you you can't have one without the other. One, and, and the danger is being in hyper-extremes in the Luciferic and Aramonic impulse. That's when things become hectic. That's when things become ungrounded. That's when you're living in a complete fantasy. And that's what I would say most of the technology we're dealing with today is extremely Luciferic and Aramonic. Would you I, agree? I would absolutely agree. Like social media, for example. Yes, totally, right? right? It's, it's built on Aramonic you know, platforms. platforms, right? It's about the physical, it's about look at me, it's about all of these things. It's built in an intraweb connection network that has us all listed and the, all of our data is being captured and it's memorizing everything in algorithms, yet it's pulling you up through a vanity perspective to look at me and look at me shine and look what I'm doing that you're not doing and don't you wanna be me and don't you wanna step out and, and be all these things, right? So that's hyper luciferic. And this, remember this whole thing with the AI stuff, right? This whole new app where everyone's are, everyone's making an AI photo of themselves that's making them look like a cartoon and look making them look so beautiful. And it's just like all the Photoshop bullshit that I'm, you know, I've always said this is dangerous. What are we doing here? What are we teaching girls? What are we teaching young boys? What are we teaching children? Very dangerous. That they can't they can't look like how they're supposed to look. All this stuff, which is obviously you know, catapult us in, into the, the surgeries and all, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not shaming anyone. You know, you have a, you have a choice to, in, to make your enhancements in life and you're going to feel as good as you look. I get that. But there's a level here of balance and homeostasis and Christ consciousness. And, and this is why we're bringing this tool in, because if you don't know that the escapism is a, is a strange attractor and is actually really a disintegrator, Right. You know, when when so, for example, let me give just a common example is like you have the spiritual guru from India who's basically saying this world isn't real. Krishna, the, Krishna, for example. Yeah. So, you know, this or, is all an illusion or yeah, it's all an illusion. This world isn't real. You know, that right there is very luciferic. Yeah. And so that being that has internalized that concept will die of diabetes because diabetes is a disintegrative condition. The other side of that, almost the counterpoise to it is like the Western Wall Street stockbroker. 
right? Who's like calcified heart, super calcified, dies of a heart attack, dies of arthritis, gets hardened up. Yep. Right. And basically stress, you know, just all the stress diseases, the, the aromonic stress diseases. Correct. And so once you know that tool, once you know and you go, oh, I'm working too hard. I'm too aromonic. I'm way, way too hyper disciplined. I never take any time off. Then you go, let me go to Burning Man. <laughs> right, right. Let me go do something which is an Luciferic extreme, which is extreme. To pull you out. Yeah. Right. So it's it, this is an important thing. These two forces also are medicines for each other. Absolutely. It, it, that's that's a freaking perfect uh, analogy that you just made, and a perfect metaphor into the sequence that you have you have people that did not mean to incarnate into such materialism. Right. I know them. I, I have friends that, you know, a lot of my guy friends, a lot can't, of my girlfriends can't, can't even it. comprehend balancing a checkbook, understanding structure, understanding these things. It's just not in their DNA. Yep. They don't even have it. And those are the ones that went so extreme in their spirituality. And they're li literally living on the top of a mountain right now in mind, body and soul. And I can't even understand that a word that comes out of their mouth now. Right. And and now some of them are suffering with health issues. Right. Now it's psychological issues. You know, they're not grounded. They're not taking care of the body anymore. Right. The physical, the physical aromonic body. body, the physical aromonic body. They despise the body. Right. And the Rosicrucian says, you know, the, the, the highly luciferic entity invades your soul and tells you you're not of this world. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to incarnate back here. How many people have you heard say this is my last life here? right what is that kind of talk right those are that, that's a talk where you know someone has been basically oversaturated in the extreme polarization and they've not allowed themselves to find the balance so if you're listening to this this is an invitation for you to look at the clarity yeah. of what's unfolding within you and start documenting or or i would say you know look back at your reality and and study your impulses. And yes. Study and study like what what are you doing every You'll day? You'll know how to heal yeah. yourself. You'll, You'll figure out. Figure it out. See, this is the this is why this is so important for me in all philosophy. Is like once you have these two in position and you understand, oh, this person's luciferic. They need more of this stuff. This person's aromonic. They need more of that stuff. Once you have that tool, then you can go deeper on their nutrition, on their health picture, why their situation is the way that it is. It, it, you know so much more. It, that's why Steiner was so important in my mind to the future is he gives us that tool. So he moves it from a duality to a trinity. That's right. Divinity right? within the trinity. Yes. Finding so balance. in the middle is the cosmic Christ and yep. the creative impulse. On one side is Armon, on one side of, is Lucifer. So you're walking a tightrope with those two on either side that's one way to look at it maybe you have another metaphor sure. but it's not a do it's not a seesaw we got good over here and bad over here and it's, it's not that it has nothing to do with that and actually as we get when we can do this on a future podcast we can get into some of the harmonic forces that actually cause the duality sure exactly and i think that's important for people to see and feel and at least hear from us perhaps so they can have more of a you know a viewpoint or a vantage point to see what's getting involved in their lives and possibly taking them out of balance i would say a good majority of the population right now have no idea these concepts even are are real and could could never even distinguish the two but once you you get it you get it yes and when i got it yeah. it changed my life i'll tell you from personal experience you know i was definitely in the aromonic phase for a good chunk of my life in my you know mid 20s to early 30s 
that was a time where I was, you know, I was just trying to make as much money as possible. I wanted to be the strongest, most physical being, you know, that's when I weighed 225 pounds. That's when I was, you know, I created my, uh, you know, private hedge fund and brokerage and I was, you know, going after it, going after it. And it was, it, it served me in that moment, but it also caused a lot of issues within me. And when I, when I, when I made the discovery of understanding the impulses and finding the balance, everything started to come to me. A real abundance started to come to me. And I don't mean just, you know, financial abundance. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about all health. those forces that are closed off by the aramonic thinking. Right. Right. Which are all part of the great abundance. And so the, the great abundance is, is, it's difficult to understand the great abundance when you're so far into aramonic thinking, or let's say somebody's so far into a drug addiction, right? Or alcohol addiction, right? The, all the abundance gets closed off because they can't feel and sense it. And, and it's not part, they're not beholding it. Right. That's a really good word, by the way, to behold. Yeah. Right. Then yeah. that, to me, that, that feels like a That's really aha moment. Yeah, it's an aha moment. It's yeah. just, you're awestruck. You're beholding the wonders of nature and reality. That's, that's an incredible way to center yourself. It's almost like you just got the, the controls of your, your fighter jet back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, where it was being, you know, magnetized by some some other foreign ener energy. Yes, and believe it or and believe it or not. So do, so, do you think this is an outside energy invading us, or is this an energy that's within us from the jump start? It's within us from the jump start. That's okay. my feeling about these forces. Yeah. Okay. So they're they're intrinsic to being in a physical body in in this plane that we're in. Right. Right. And these and what's going on in here. And they manifest in our surroundings and, and yeah. the way the, the way life works. And the, right. And the way life works. So right. Th this is important. So again, the Luciferic force is disintegrative. It's going to break stuff down. It's going to chew stuff stuff up. If a Luciferic parasite gets in your body, it's going to create disintegration. That's really a problem. But if an aromatic parasite gets in your body, it's going to create hardening. Right scar tissue uh-huh right uh you know what, what do you think of ms you know because a lot of ms is you know multiple sclerosis you know you have basically plaque building up you know myelin sheath getting destroyed nerve connections not working and then every there every, it, because it's else. a nervous system disease it's luciferic right just for that reason even though there's plaque involved which is a harmonic there's yeah. there are always some aspects of both of them always together but it's luciferic because it's a nervous system disease yep which get, makes you flighty uh -huh. right flighty like, energy and not grounded it's and not in your body it's, it's, you're, yeah you're going you're, out of your you're going, you're going out, out of the body. physicality and so, you know, that's a, just an important discovery. It's like, okay, so then we need things that are going to work to really ground this person. So, for example, salts. Yep. Really important. Yeah. Because it brings you back into your physical body. Salts are aromatic. Yep. Right? R root vegetables. Root vegetables. Right? Things right. that are rooted in the earth. Cactuses. Cactus yep. food. Right? That's you, interesting. You're reminding me of this right here. I've, I've got some tobacco. This is... Right. In terms of grounding sacred tobacco. And what's interesting about tobacco is it's a leaf. Yeah. It's leaf material instead of like cannabis, which is flower material, which is about escaping. It's, it's luciferic. The the leaf materials kind of workhorse, get the job done. It's very harmonic. Like yeah. All the great civilizations of Central America were tobacco chewers. Interesting. When you get into North America, they were tobacco smokers. In Central America, they smoked tobacco only if you were part of the elite. Right. When you get into uh, South America, then you start getting into tobacco snuffers. So smokers, chewers, and snuffers. And that's where they blow it up your nose, the, the rapés. The rapé and hapé, which was a really grounding force for me about seven, eight years ago in our time in Peru. 
and uh, something that I've, I dabble with from time to time when I am feeling the call of the spirit. And that's another thing is having intention with everything you're doing is a balance, is a Christ impulse, right? How yep. many people are just reaching for things? They have no idea what they're doing, what they're eating, what they're talking about, what they're watching. That's Luciferic in all its, in all its forces. But to have, you know, a, 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 a vibratory field opened up on a spiritual level, but also understanding the mechanics of what, how it works, where it was grown and what it's doing in the body is that balance. And we always talk about the placebo effect, right? It's important to know. I, I, I think people are, are skipping around on their nutrition, on their exercise plan, because they're not taking the time to learn what it is. This came up in our conversation earlier today. How many people are jumping around looking for a, you know an easy out, looking for a pill, looking for this? And a lot of people in the holistic community, interesting enough, are always wanting that secret sauce. Now, I'm not against finding something that's massively potent, like some of the stuff that we're developing and, and, and creating, of course, but you're missing out on building the faculties of awareness by not learning how the body works and what the, what it, what it is that you're adding to the system. We cannot bypass that. It's it's you're gaslighting yourself. Right. It's when you have the pill for every ill concept, that's really not developing responsibility in people, right? And that's what we're working on, discipline and responsibility. Now, the other part of that that I think is interesting is is that there are certain things out there in nature that have leverage and that's what real technology is. So when you look at the biodynamic herbs, for example. So I had an interesting thing happen when I explained this. When I was back in 2020, I was at my farm in Ontario for an entire, basically an entire year. It was the first time I'd been in it in one place for more than eight months in 26 years. Which was aramonic and you needed that. Right, I needed that. I needed that grounding and being on the earth and in one place and being on the granite of the Canadian shield. Yep. And so I was able to do a that lot. That changed your life, by the way. That was I've such... been telling you that for years. You can tell everyone the truth. Yeah. Did I tell you you had to stop? I had to stop. Yep. I had to stop jumping around from one place to another place. And and it, it's an addiction. And yep. it's like, I've got these people over here. I got to visit at some point. And then I got to go over there. And it just was just this whole thing. Anyway, totally. the, the magic of getting back to that farm is that I was able to really get into the individual trees and plants there that some of them had some problems. And, and there's something I've noticed here that I'm, I want to bring to people's awareness. There is a pressure on your environment from the fungal kingdom. And it pushes down on your fruits and flowers and it pushes down on your ecosystem with a certain ferocity. And the forces, the, the bionic forces, the bions, the fructogenic forces have to be strong enough to overwhelm and push back those forces of the fungal kingdom that are inhibiting, for example, the growth of fruit or inhibiting a certain flower from actually holding the fruit or, you know, becoming inseminated properly and producing a proper fruit because it, it gets, gets in between. It gets fungled over yeah, too quick. It's heavy. Yeah. And, yep. and you could see that it's a, if you're a farmer, you know what I'm talking about. You can see, you know, in, in really wet ecosystems in particular. Shows up in problem. different forms, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Okay. It shows up. Yep. Okay. So this this force can be allayed by biodynamic farming. And so I was able to do the sprays and I was using biodynamic the preparations. Herbs. Yeah. The preparations yeah. plus the things that were in my yard. Nettles, the Nettles crystals. And, yeah. and um, Achilles millifolia, yeah, yarrow, yeah. and just the biodynamic herbs that are all there. Yeah. And so I was making teas out of that. Plus I was shipping some neem from this farm because I was like, it's a fungal pressure on the environment. I know it. And so I was like, Neem will kill it. I know for sure. Horsetail will too in my ecosystem. But I was like, let's just make sure it gets done. So Interesting. I, I, the only thing I used from outside of that farm was Neem that I shipped from this farm. Okay. Jubal shipped it to okay. us. Okay. It was epic. Incredible. What and, did you What did you see? 
And so what ended up happening is, is I noticed that certain plants in the yard that were, they were like an Asian pear. I'm thinking of in particular of an Asian pear, but it was true of a plum that I had and certain things that came from different places further south in Ontario that were, they were having a really hard time in this ecosystem. Suddenly they're in a wild ecosystem next to a real wild forest with all the fungal pressure and insect pressure that that entails. Wow. Which is significant. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden I'm providing them every day. I'm going out there, I'm spraying them maybe once a week. Sometimes I'm spraying them and I'm going I'm spraying the leaves, I'm spraying the soil, I'm spraying the plant with those those energetics of those biodynamic herbs. And and all of a sudden, and I'm thinking of a particular Asian pear, it broke through an energetic barrier it'd been in for about six years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so those preparations were giving the the pear, for example, it was giving them a frequency for them to tap into. Yes. Right? It was giving them resources, resources. or something they could pull could pull into the equation. Sunlight. Yes. Some, wind, something. Oxygen, whatever it was. Refractory forces, implosionary energy, right? You're taking you're taking nature and allowing nature to run its course. I love that when it comes to supplementation. I love that when it comes to nutrition and things like that. We don't have to beat things to the, to death and then turn it into something else. It's about harnessing. Yes. It's about running with the fluidity and the natural spirals of our environment, right? The patterns. Patterns. The patterns of the molecules that you're putting into your body and then what it does to you energetically. Of course, the medicinal mushrooms are a big piece of that in my mind because the medicinal mushrooms are like the kings and the queens of the fungal kingdom. So they're very antifungal themselves. That's just, which is interesting. And they are flexible. Yes. And they allow you to adapt. That's why they're considered an adaptogen. Yes. It, it, it it creates a space in your immunological resource code to adapt and to stretch. Yes. Right. And we want to do that with everything in our life. You know, everything's a, a micro, but it's also it's ultimately a macro, right? How I look at growing that cacao, how I look at growing that sage, how I look at X, Y, Z is ultimately how I'm going to do everything else in my life and how my thinking works. I just realized something. I just realized this something. is awesome. This I, is lo- good. Okay, I just okay. realized something that was that just hit my mind. This is why it's important to cross-reference information. The That year that I went and I did all those biodynamic preps and I sprayed them with the teas that I was drinking. Okay, Actually, fantastic. so those are all wild forest herbs. I'm an herbalist, so I don't, you know, if I'm at home, everything just comes from the local environment, right? You know, that's mostly medicinal mushrooms. You all, know that. Whenever, all your food's out your front door. At, at, and, <laughs> and you know that when we're together, you know, I'm out there getting all of those crazy mushrooms and we're making crazy teas and that's all right. that. Wherever we're going, we're picking wild mushrooms. And then also the yarn and all the other things. Yep. And so eventually it all comes together into a tea that I'm drinking and spraying on everything. But, you know, the thing that happened with the tobacco in Texas how berserk it went and yeah what happened that it was a you know that oh, oh, oh the oh, aloe poly when they came together when they came together there's yeah. a whole story about that i don't know that's, if we can get into that, it here that, I, I think we do that on on another one we'll do it on another one yeah but anyway it i realized i was like whoa that all occurred and we had an incredible take of seeds when those two crossed with each other because they both were getting sprayed with my tea almost every day i mean i would i had these little hand things they're, they're not quite as big as a backpack sprayer yeah but they're not like a little you know it's like pretty big so, sure. you can, so i'd have them in you're both getting hands. a few gallons out yeah yes exactly yep. yeah, and yeah. so i can get maybe two two and a half gallons three gallons out with my hands and i'm spraying all them and that may have been why the we had such a successful fertilization of those seeds just a quick thing on that nicotianas of which tobacco is one has 81 different species those species can inter can inter um, marry with each other right and that's extremely unusual they're species that are intermarrying with other species. This and, isn't, and they morph this isn't and, subspecies and create their stuff. own species, their own line of defenses, their own 
you know, different characteristics. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so I just realized that that must have been aided by the fact that I was nourishing those plants in that way. That's incredible. That's I an mean, interesting thought. I hadn't thought of that. And and just it, it, let's just say that's 100 percent accurate. How powerful is that for your conscious? Right. Yeah. You, just, you, you get what I'm saying? Oh, it's, it's, it's like it's you, wisdom. You've birthed. You've, it's like giving birth. Yep. Right. It's you, wisdom. You, yep. you, you you realize you're like, well, how did Steiner know this stuff? And then then you realize you're like, what's really going on with Yarrow? What's really going on with Neem? Why does it have these properties? You know, what's the real reason? That kind of stuff. Steiner is a spiritual scientist, right? And which is something that since day one, since I was a little kid and till, till the, where I'm at right now is that I love the idea and the truth of backing up spirit with science, right? Where something could be just completely chemistry and something could be, can be completely just, you know, some type of, um, you know, metamorphosis or some kind of, you know, visual majesty of an aberration. But finding the bridge between those two worlds is another Christ impulse. It is. Which is interesting because yep. we go back to Lucifer and Aramon, mm -hmm. right? A spiritual scientist means... The Christ impulse. Did you just get what, what I just said? I have never even really thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it really kind of is the Christ impulse because it's science and spirit together. Spiritual scientist. Araman and Lucifer, right? And it's right in the middle. Every biography. Right, of, that, that's the point you're making, that's I think. The, yeah. Every biography of Steiner, every, you know, bio, every, everything about him. Always says spiritual, spiritual scientist. Spiritual scientist. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's anthroposophy, it right? Is. That's Man's right. Man's relationship to everything around him and nature and all, all I, of I, this. I think you you stumbled on something. I never had gotten that it's built right into the name. It's built right it's into right the there. core fundamentals of the name, yeah. which is which is incredible. What do you think right now is the best way someone can you know t take the, these concepts and apply it to their life? Well, one is just try to grasp what the concepts are. You okay. got you, know, you got to get a feeling of like, okay, so harmonic forces, like, you know, when I'm working too hard. How, yeah, how do they how do they learn more? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna put out a book, but there is the influences of Aramon, the influences of Lucifer and Aramon. There's the spirits of darkness. These are books by Steiner. Yep. Right. A lot of these are paving the way and show you and articulate a very profound way of understanding these, um, you know, these forces. I would start with something simple from Steiner, like the philosophy of freedom. You think and, that simple? It took me three <laughs> times to read the philosophy of freedom. I always tell people what's the first book to start with Steiner. I say the philosophy of freedom, but for for our harmonic Lucifer conversation, do not start with the philosophy of freedom. Right. That's you know that you have to grasp the philosophy of freedom because at the end of the day, everything we're talking about is creating personal freedom. Right. I don't mean like from you know getting handcuffed it's a freedom you don't know you you're, you're even missing that's the thing correct like being out with your van like with the vanillas yep. like last night we were out picking vanilla out here yeah and being out there and being in that the magic of all that is it, that's a, i didn't know that it existed i don't even know what i mean you're out there and you're smelling vanilla and you're in the middle of an orchard and it's just and you're crazy and you're, you're in the vanilla orchard you're in you're there you're present all that matters is that moment and you're not there thinking, I got to do this. I got to do that. Right. I got to get this email out. Oh, I, you know, I got to pay this bill. You get what I'm saying? Well, what ends up happening to, in my mind is that all of those things are a means to get to that moment in the orchard with the vanilla. Right. It's not the other way around. Correct. Yeah. That's the, that's the roots and the balance. Yeah. No, look, here, here's the deal. At the end of the day, this reality is a trip. All these systems, you know, social security, 
taxes, you know, we got to fucking pay to have clean drinking water. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is, this is, this isn't right. In my opinion, this isn't the flow of a utopic world. This is where we're at right now. So we have to like, we have to get honest with the situation. We can't be in denial about it. Right. It sucks. It's, 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 it's fucked up. Yeah. Then everyone could easily, we're just seeing with this war money, for example, that just everyone could be fed with that money easily. We could have everybody on farms with that money. All the homeless people easily no problem has anybody ever just thought about that concept right there it's like like that just all the funds that are going into all these aberrations and all these things that are actually destroying our reality could be used to create utopic societies and create balance and harmony and i don't mean communist living i'm talking about people actually excelling and living and thriving and growing and doing all the things that we love to do and living in pure happiness and bliss absolutely but we're we're not in that reality we're not we're not well and it also coming out of that from where we are right now and and the the crisis of our times to the world that's coming in the future all of that is dependent on one thing and that's the inner growth of a human being. Absolutely. And that's what, what Steiner's mission was. Steiner knew that we're entering into the 21st century, the heightened level of Aramon. Aramon would be incarnating in some form or the other. I believe it's AI. Some people believe it's in physical form. And he, what he was trying to do or what he was attempting to do, and I think what he did, I mean, he, he at least birthed it into you know millions of people, including ourselves, was self-preservation by self-clarity and being able to really open up your super sensible knowledge and building faculties that you can be teaching that would be passed on through generation to generation and remembering what we had forgotten and and, and becoming enlightened beings and also beings that aren't just sitting in a mon- monastery somewhere, but heightened beings that are in the thick of things, that are building, that are creating, that are honoring and, and creating reverence for the world. And so I, I just want to say, because this is going to be our first of our many and um, I think this is a topic that people just will not be able to get enough of. Um, I want to thank you and show you reverence and gratitude. I, 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 I never will stop doing this, but show you reverence of, and gratitude for living in your truth, brother. And, Thanks, bro. And, and, you know, and, and really embodying that and just showing up for so many. Wolf is the guy that I have to drag him out of places sometimes because whoever is wanting to you know, talk to him and speak to him and learn more about some things, he just gives himself out, out in that in that way and is always you know there to lend an ear and to lend a, a voice as well and to give some perspective and that's that, that's something that you know you can't just have you either have it or you don't and uh I've, I've i've gained that faculty through admiration of you and through seeing just how how beneficial it is for the people and for yourself Right. And there's a, there, there's a, what you give out is what you receive. Right. So thank you. Thank you so much. And also creating this container where we're at right now. This will be the first of many. We're going to be going deep over the next, you know, three, four days, dropping so many different aspects of reality. And we're going to get, we're going to go deep into immune system. We're going to go deep into detoxification. We're going to go deep into the laws of our current construct. We'll talk about things that might make you uncomfortable, but fuck it. That's what we're here to do. Right on. I agree. Yes. First of many. Thanks so much. This has been really, really good. Awesome. My man. Love sharing time with you, bro. Yeah, Thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks, man. All in, family. I hope you enjoyed that. Let's keep the momentum going.